what are you up to? I'm Corey Schlosser-Hall, and I am impatiently curious about people who find inspiration and turn it into something real. This is On The Verge, a podcast about everyday people who move from inspiration to incarnation, and I'm really glad you're here. I'm thrilled to welcome the Reverend James Kwan, or Kwan Jun Moksanim in Korean, as my honored guest for On The Verge today. James is the pastor of the Community Church of Seattle in Bothell, Washington, known in the Korean-speaking community as Hyunjae He was called to serve this congregation when it was about 250 people in the year 2000. Now beginning his 22nd year, the church has grown to over 3,000 worshipers pre-COVID and up to four times that many during the COVID-19 pandemic. James sat down with me to talk about his inspiration to renew a traditional congregation, about which he has written two books and is a much sought-after speaker, both in the United States and internationally. He also describes how he and the church are growing through COVID-19 and the habits they've developed for always being on the verge. So this is a gift. I get to uh, spend some time in conversation with the Reverend James Kwan, who is the lead pastor of Community Church of Seattle and has been serving there since 2003. Is that right? No, 2000. 2000. January 2000. This is going to be my, uh, what, 22nd year? Yeah. Wow. That's great. James, it's been such a gift for me to get to know you and observe you as you lead and you lead so well. So could you begin with sharing with us a bit about what your spiritual upbringing was like? Yeah, I was born in a Christian family. Not many people at the time during Korea. My family is a Christian family, especially my grandmother. It's very uh, unique that uh, my grandmother called me uh, Pastor Kwan when I was, uh, you know, very uh, young age. She's very dedicated, committed uh, person in Christ. And uh, when I looked at Pastor, Pastor looked so cool, very yeah. <laughs> respect, you know, respected from uh, people. So uh-huh. becoming a pastor is going to be cool. That's how I thought when I grew up. But yeah, in my teenage. Um, I realized that pastor's life is not uh, easy. Most of your younger life was in Korea. When did you come to the States? I was 18 years old, finishing my high school years in Korea. Okay. And uh, we got the green, green card and all my family, yeah, immigrant to United States. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, Seattle. <laughs> yes. Here to Seattle. Yeah. Thanks be to God. That's great. Was it when you were a child that you started to feel like you might be called to be a pastor? Yeah. You know, grandma called me Pastor Kwan. Uh huh. There, there wasn't any dramatical change, but. Becoming a high school student, and I have to think about my future, like going to college, you know, what am I going to do? And then becoming a pastor is not an easy thing. You know, life is not that great, I felt. So I went to Prayer Mountain. You know, in Korea, there's a Prayer Mountain. Yes. Uh, So, like, you know, fasting and praying. Mm -hmm. So I prayed about three days with fasting that 
I said, you know, I kind of said to Lord, you know, Lord, I don't want to become a pastor. I'll rather be a businessman and serve you as an elder, like a ruling elder. Yeah. So I pray about three days. But whenever I pray, you know, you felt like inside my heart that God is kind of telling me, no, 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 that's not. (laughs) And so after three days, I kind of realized that I should go to the ministry field. Three days of praying and fasting. Yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't done that because uh, kind of <laughs> I, I didn't get what I wanted. <laughs> That's right. Oh man. So. You ended up going to seminary and becoming a pastor and serving. So I kind of uh, make a deal with God that, okay, okay, I'll do, I'll go to seminary, but let me do what I want during uh, college life. I want to, four years, uh, I want to do what I want to do. Okay. I want to measure what I want to, what I want to study. So Uh at graduate school, I'll go to seminary after four years. I kind of made a deal to God. Yeah. But after second year of college, a third year, I strongly felt that I should go now. Okay. I went to Biola University in LA. I transferred to yeah. Biola University at that time. And your first two years were at UW. Uh, at, at UW. And yeah. I was in computer science and uh, I loved computer during that time. So, so sometime soon after seminary, mm-hmm. you went to serve in Korea. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And and while you were there, do I remember right from a conversation we had earlier, you had a sense that you were called into ministry, but to come back to the States and serve a traditional congregation mm-hmm. and help it renew rather than starting a new church or other mm-hmm. things like that. So yeah. could you tell us about that? Yeah. Uh, you know, there is a church in Seoul, Korea, Onuri, called Onuri Church, Pastor Reverend Ha. Yes. Uh, he passed away uh, many years ago. but he, I met him in LA and he invited me uh, to come over and serve. And I felt like, you know, doing uh, ministry in immigrant church, I think it's going to be a good experience because I left uh, Korea at, at the age of 18. Uh-huh. So I don't know about first generation parents' uh, culture right. and Korean right. culture. So I think it's going to be a good experience. So I went to Korea and uh, uh, served there about uh, four and a half years. Originally, I promised to serve two years. But uh, he kept saying, uh, after the second year, you should stay one more year. And so I obeyed. Uh, (laughs) I was a senior pastor. And after third year, he said, no, no, you got to stay more. And so fourth year. And I'm very thankful that uh, serving at Ondry Church, I had many opportunities to travel to the United States and serve immigrant Korean American churches because Ondry Church is well known. So I I have more chances, opportunities to visit Korean American churches. Whenever I visited, I felt uh, very, kind of very sad why we're worshiping God, you know, like first generation, right? Okay. They work so hard and uh, very thankful that they gathered together as a church and they are able to purchase land or some building and renovate and build a church and worshiping God. Mm -hmm. But some churches are 
becoming stagnated, mm-hmm. and young people are leaving, and church is getting older, members are mm-hmm. getting older, and church is declining. Mm-hmm. So I felt so sad, and somehow God gave me the passion for traditional church, how to vitalize church, uh, how church can be changed to be more vital. Yeah. And so there are people who call to plant a church, mm-hmm. but I felt that God called me to existing traditional church and how to change the church. That's great. Without killing it, without killing it. <laughs> <laughs> so that, that, was the, that was the passion and still, still is my passion. And thank God that God called me to Seattle yeah. and uh, CCS. So I lived from 18 to uh, about 21, 22, four years. Uh-huh. I was a member of uh, CCS. Okay. I was a student of a CCS. But after 16 years later, some elders came and they knew that I'm coming back to the United States. Okay. Because my family is in Seattle. So they said, why don't you come to uh, CCS? You mean some elders that were part of CCS mm-hmm. at that mm-hmm. time came to Korea and said, mm-hmm. why don't you come and serve us? Right, right. They uh, invited me because they heard about me. So they know uh, what I'm doing and how I'm doing. Yeah. And so they, they came and invited me and I, I didn't have any expectation. I mean, going back to Seattle and going to CCS. Yeah. I, I never thought about it. Uh, Seattle is my vacation place because my family is in, lives in Seattle. Right. Uh, I spend more time in LA and, you know, LA is a bigger city and known as a Korean American. There's a Korea town. And so I, I thought that I should go back to LA, you know, after experiencing in Korea. Yeah, that makes sense. So, so, you know, I should say no, but, you know, it's hard to say no in front of elderly people. <laughs> so I said, uh, well, if it is God's will, if it is God's will, yes. So I'll okay. pray about. I didn't mean that I'm going to pray, but, I, you know, very ni- nice way. Okay, I'll pray about it. You know, oh, it right. You bet. Yeah, but somehow God strongly felt that he's leading to his church. Yeah. So you came back to Seattle, started mm-hmm. serving Community Church of Seattle. And in the next 10 years, Community Church of Seattle grew remarkably and continues to now 22 years later. Can you tell us a little bit about what were some of your important insights or instincts to help that church renew and revitalize? I was 37 years old at the time, kind of young and yeah. very exciting or energetic. Mm-hmm. I want to do whatever uh, necessary to change. But definitely it's, it's a God's grace. It's God's grace. Uh, yeah. You know, what else I, can I uh, say? Uh, you know, it's yeah. totally God's grace. One thing I realized is change is not easy. It is really hard. And God led me to focus more on loving members, you know, loving mm-hmm. flock. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's how it starts. Okay. You know, the foundation is love.
the vision is not purpose is not leading you instead of uh, unity and loving each other the, the power of unity goes to the to the purpose okay to the to that direction mm-hmm. and begin to love really pour out my uh, heart yeah. our congregation and totally is God's grace and very thankful for our elderly people they they love me so much they support yeah. me you know it is it is hard to change right it is but and they they never experienced the new things mm-hmm. but because they love me mm-hmm. they support me and they followed me yeah so so loving one another the unity of the church is the most important to become vitalized church i also remember you telling a story from those early days that you sensed the people of the church needed to have an experience of a really alive, vital church. And you ended up taking a big field trip with some of your elders and deacons. <laughs> I, yes. I call it a field trip, you know, <laughs> to play on the whole school thing. That also was something that helped people catch the vision. Right. Wasn't it? Right. Can you share a little yeah. bit about that? Yes. Uh, vision, vision is visualize. Mm. Uh, when you see it, you can have a vision, right? You can draw the picture. Without seeing it, how can you draw the, any picture? So yeah. it is really important to see, like, uh, you know, growing church or uh, vitalizing church or healthy church. Yes. And so at the time, I decided to bring our people to the Willow Creek Community Church in Chicago because uh-huh. they have a heart for non-Christian. Yeah. So that's the church. Not like Willow Creek's huge campus or big auditorium. I mean, it's good, but I want them to see the heart, why they do the ministry and what is the purpose of the church. Mm-hmm. And that time we had about 250 attending members uh-huh. and 59 people, 59 of them decide to, you know, kind of field trip. <laughs> So we went to a prevailing church conference on May of year 2000. Okay. And they saw it, they felt it, and the majority of them said, Pastor Kwan, with God's grace, let us become a church, serve the church like a Willow Creek. We can share the vision and serve the church so we can really encourage many more the traditional churches. Yeah. And so May 2000, they, they had that vision, 59 of them. Yes. We came back and shared with the congregation. After seven years, after seven years, God answered our prayer. So we opened the first church conference. And for 13 years, for 13 years, we were doing that. So you went, you went to Chicago in 2000 after seven years. Tell, what's the conference that you guys started to hold main theme is your church can be better than this better Ooh, than that. nice yeah, yeah. I, I want them to uh really experience what what is church like it's not like uh, i'm giving a lecture but i want them to see how our people is serving and you know, live as a christian and so many people after conference they said wow this uh is amazing that the members, the church as a whole, how they love each other, encourage each other, and serving. And so 
I'm, I'm very thankful for our uh, church members. <laughs> and that conference has been very effective over the years. I've been to it a couple of times. And one of the observations that I had is there are people, pastoral leaders, elders from all over the country and all over the world mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. are gathered together to share and observe and pray together and envision what God has for them. That must be a very hopeful and encouraging experience for you. Yes. You know, it is really exciting hearing that, you know, after conference, after a few months later or a year later, pastor or elder sent me a letter, email that very thank you that our church is changing or our church is becoming more healthier. I'm very thankful. And then after about seven, eight years later, mm-hmm. one of a church in Korea, uh, they, you know, they attended our conference and said, Pastor Kwan, we, we got to do it in Korea. So I said, well, you know, there are bigger churches and there are many conferences in Korea. Uh-huh. Why one of the one of immigrant church, uh, you know, opened the conference in Korea. But they said, uh, no, you got to come and kind of show what you are doing, what your church is doing. Wow, and, uh, fantastic. Yeah, and I kind of hesitated because, you know, I mean, there are, better churches, many churches in Korea, but, you know, we went there, we we served and realized that there are churches and also people uh, needs to hear about our church and to see the experience of our church. When you served our Northwest Coast Presbytery as moderator about five years ago or so, we took this amazing pilgrimage mm. to Korea that you led. Thank you for that. I'm still digesting that experience. It's been fantastic. Oh, we got to do it again. We got to do it again. <laughs> amen. Amen. Uh, but it strikes me that what you were doing with about 25 of us was something like what you were doing with the 59 people at the beginning, which is let's go together to Korea and let's experience some healthy, thriving congregations and also experience the culture. And I just wonder if that's become a key form of leading for you is to help people taste and see what Mm -hmm. health and vitality looks like. Mm -hmm. Yes. You know, as I said, the vision is visualized, so it is really important. Uh, But the main uh, main reason is, uh, you know, about 130 years ago, the missionaries from our PCUSA came to Korea and they, you know, served, they sacrificed their lives. Mm -hmm. And because of that seed, the commitment, sacrifice, the churches in Korea, they really lead the country and also there is a revival in Korea. Amen. And so I was very thankful to, especially to our PCSA mm-hmm. uh, churches. And so as a moderator, you know, what, what, what can I do? And I wanted to kind of serve. And I guess the best thing is what I can do is to let them see the churches in Korea. What are the fruits from yes. what they've done? And I want yes. them to see the fruits. And so, you know, and also, you know, the, like Korean culture. I want mm-hmm. our Northwest Coast members kind of experience the Korean food and culture. And it was really a wonderful trip because yes, it, was. it was the first time, the first time to lead 
to Korea to travel together. Yeah. Uh, I, I did many times that uh, uh, organized people bring to United States and okay. to travel with field trip. But it wasn't like my first time going back to Korea to show them Korea at churches. But our church members uh, sponsored uh-huh. uh, financially. And so uh, we went to good place, good time, good food. Yeah. And it was very thankful also. Everybody you know, inspired. I was very thankful too. Yeah. Yeah. You're so right. It was an amazing experience. Yeah, so we got to do it again. We got to do it again. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's do it. Yeah. I'm in. I'll go tomorrow. <laughs> uh, and oh, by the way, my youngest daughter is the, the one place she wants to travel is Korea. Oh, We're going to okay. get there sometime. Yeah. Let's but, organize it. Yeah. One of the things that was so forefront in my observing your leadership in that time is that you and your congregation are so remarkably generous. You're generous with your financial resources. You're generous with your time and your energy. You're generous with your praise and encouragement. And I saw that generosity reciprocated from so many of those leaders in Korea as well. I I just wonder if you could reflect a little bit on this fruit of the spirit, generosity, and how that's been such an important part of your life and CCS's life. As a church, we are here to bless, bless the nation, bless people, right? We got to yes. be a channel of blessing. Then when God called Abraham, you can be a channel of blessing. You got to, that's the kind of vision. And so uh, one thing I'm very thankful about our church, our church members, is throughout my uh, ministry, we have a uh, we church members. We have a giving spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that I'm really very thankful. We want it to be a, a channel of blessing, and uh, you know, like a living as a you know, like the first generation immigrant, first generation. It is they all have an American dream. Okay, American dream is is you centered. You know. I got to be a witch. I got to live well. So right. it's hard to see other people. It's hard to see the world. But I, I kind of uh, challenge that we are here to serve this nation, serve other countries. And very thankful that they have that spirit, spirit of giving, and they practice that. It's beautiful. I want to spring ahead a little bit uh, because as um, as COVID-19 hit mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. you and the ministry of CCS made some fantastic adaptations. Could you share with us just a little bit about how ministry has changed for you during COVID-19 and what you're learning mm-hmm. in this season? We're very thankful that we are ready to adopt the COVID-19 because many years ago, we are prepared. We felt that media is important. So Uh we we have a staff who runs media and the design. And then about five years ago, we adopted the online offering too. Oh, yeah. Uh, Okay. It's not easy to do that in Korean church. 
because you know you gotta give, right? That's right. The, like an offering basket. Uh huh. And so online offering is not a thinkable, not in the culture. But、uh, we kind of prepared five years ago. So when COVID hit, it's still a difficult time. Yes. But、uh, we can kind of overcome it. Instead of react, we we do proactively. We move proactively. Nice. Yeah. So. It is a good thing, and also like a year ago, I shared the vision of ministry and online church. Okay,、and、I shared our elders and our leaders that we got to do the online church. There are many people not to come into church, and there is an online tool. So let's do online church. And、yes. uh, I didn't have much information about how to do online church. But that's the my heart feeling, and we got to do online ministry and online church someday. So、yeah. let's do it. And that's great. Yeah, and then all of a sudden,、uh, because of COVID, <laughs> it's like online church. We, kind of, <laughs> we experienced here, and、um, yeah, it is difficult. But we are learning. You know, I share that we have、uh, this kind of movement. They call it I am, I am movement. I'm a missionary movement. I am.、Oh. Is, I am a missionary, and、gotcha. we are all missionary. We、mm-hmm. live here missional life. Through the COVID nineteen, God、uh, let us experience the missionary life, and I think becoming a healthier church is hard、mm-hmm. going through this this pandemic. But very thankful, our church members are hanging there. One of the things I've always admired about you and the church that you serve is that you always seem to be. On the verge of some new thing, of something that is leading to renewal or a next step in health and vibrancy. In my observation, one of the reasons why that's true is because you have set a, a type of communication pattern in the life of the church that serves the future. You have session meetings every other month or so. Every Saturday, all of the elders they. Eat together. They they work together. They communicate about what's going on in the life of the church, and then just about every three months or every six months, you do a vision night with all every elder that's ever been and their families to say what are we on the verge of? What is our vision? Where are we going next? And inviting people to shape it. I would love to have you reflect on your communication habits in terms of your leadership and why you are always on the next thing.、Mm. Yeah, communication is really important.、Uh, doing the ministry and moving forward, because、mm-hmm. uh, most leaders, church leaders, they committed, they wanted to do right things, but sometimes they don't understand exactly what a leader is suggesting or what church should do. Yeah, and that's why I decide to meet on Saturday morning our elders, our leaders,、uh, about spending about hour and a half. We just eat like kind of a breakfast, but eating is really important. You know, without food, I think people get really stressed stressed easily. <laughs> so we eat first, and having a you know full stomach, and so it's feel good. I communicate, and also I hear, I I listen to what are the struggling of our members in the field, and how can we support and do the ministry. Communication is really important, so that's we I do.、Mm-hmm. That's the key foundation of moving forward, and. 
as a leader, I got to see the future. I got to really see the clear direction from God, what God really wants us to do. Like vision night is, I'm really convicted that God wants us to do this or God wants us to change this. So I share that communication and uh, understanding each other. That is really important to move forward as a unity, as a one body. Well, it strikes me that that type of leadership and pattern of listening to God and sharing it with each other and continuing to move is one of the reasons why CCS, when COVID-19 hit, you were, you were prepared at some level because you had been doing that for the last 15 years and you had continually been growing and developing. What else would you say you and the church have learned because of the COVID-19 pandemic? COVID pandemic is is a bad thing. I mean, everybody struggled mentally, uh, physically, and also financially. But we also believe there is opportunity. There is something that God wants us to do. We can become a better or healthier church. Hmm. And especially uh, this pandemic really showed us to do online ministry. But I believe now we got to do hybrid. It's going to be hybrid, especially for next generation, our younger people. And I'm looking forward. So last year, we didn't close the VBS. We did online VBS and about 1,000 people, not just from Seattle area, but other states. This year, you know what? This year, our... uh, we call it Toontown. 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 Yep. Toontown uh, staffs, volunteers, they say this year we're going to invite 10,000 people. Oh. <laughs> yeah. So okay. I, said, I said, well, I thought, isn't it too, you know, number wise, too, too much? I said, how about <laughs> maximum 5,000? They said, no, 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 Pastor Khan, 10,000. 10,000 viewers. Okay. I said, okay. We really want to raise next generation spiritually. Mm-hmm. They are the ones having really facing really hard times. So yeah. uh, we got to really invest mm-hmm. our energy, time, and our finance for how to raise you know, next generation. So COVID-19, it also helped us to see better, more clearly about next generation. So James, my last question is what you are on the verge of now. Personally, this is my 22nd year. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking, how can I exit well? Mm. You know, we got to prepare that too. Mm-hmm. In, in order to our church become more healthier and healthier, I'm kind of praying more about and thinking more about what, what is the you know best way and how can I exit well? So James, uh, you have... You have led a remarkable ministry. Thank you for your leadership. And you have been a really important mentor and encourager to so many people, both people in your congregation and pastors and leaders all over the world. Could you share with us, who are some of the people that were really encouraging for you along the way? Mm. He's in heaven, but uh, Pastor Ha, Reverend Ha really uh, helped me and uh, inspired me. Mm-hmm. And also, I have uh, two ruling elders. Mm-hmm. They helped me to see what, what is the, the business field, you know, what, what real world, because I'm a pastor. I don't uh-huh. really experience their lives, right? Yeah. Our church 
members' lives. And so they, they are keep helping me to understand, you know, their, their lives and how hard it is and also what they really need spiritually. So uh, they helped me a lot. And one thing also, participating, attending a conference. I go to a leadership summit. I also go to like a catalyst. I learn a lot. So yeah. I can, you know, check myself and also how, I mean, how to see the future or how can we move forward. Nice. Learning, learning is really important. Mm-hmm. I attend two or three conferences in a year. And it's not easy as a senior pastor, but not just uh, giving conference or teaching, but as a student, I'm learning also. Well, Pastor James, thank you so much for spending time with us today. Oh, yeah. I hope that this conversation encourages our coworkers, our Northwest Coast Presbytery, our members or leaders. Yeah, we are in pandemic, but God is with us and God wants us to open our eyes to see his heart and also his will. So let us see God is with us, is with us, and he's helping us. Let us arise and let's do our best. I'm very uh, thankful that uh, be a member of uh, Northwest Coast Presbytery. And I love you and I love our coworkers. And God bless you. Thanks to everyone who makes On the Verge possible. In addition to our adventuresome guests, I want to thank Jean Chamont, our musician and producer. Find out more about Jean at jeanchamont.com. That's J-E-A-N-C-H-A-U-M-O-N-T dot com. Janine Taylor is our editor, and the Northwest Coast Presbytery has generously sponsored On the Verge. Please subscribe to On The Verge if you haven't already at Apple Podcasts or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Corey Schlosser-Hall, and I hope you will always be On The Verge.